Now, before we get started with this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast, we want to take a minute just to say thank you to all of you listeners who have made uh, this such a fun experience so far. We'll be taking a brief break over the holiday, and our next episode will air on January 6th in 2020. And we're so excited to see what 2020 holds for the Junk Drawer Podcast. Now, let's get into our last episode of 2019. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinions starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Welcome to the junk drawer. Is it on the Google Doc? We're not done with this is, samurai. This is cocktail. This is a samurai pod now. This is samurai pod. Can you put your kimono you away? On set when they had all the text, they were like literally had to tell NATO. By the way, this is for a movie, which also seems NATO like the easiest cover-up to start a war. Right? <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I do know plants pretty well. But I don't think if you dropped me, I would be like. That's a cocaine plant. Like, <laughs> what is he, a botanist on the side? Because <laughs> we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the junk drawer. My name is Bryce Howell, and I'm joined with my Usual co-host, Mario Rico. Can I get the opportunity to say my name? I'm joined by my usual co-host. Mario Rico. You hear that, Ma? Your boy's famous. You and, did it. <laughs> and also... Cole Brown. Loves all around me. That's right. And uh, for this episode, we are joined by another very special guest. <laughs> one, of, uh, no? one of my oldest and dearest friends, Emma Ambler. Emma, tell Everybody, hello. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited to have you. Thank you. And I like to put on the record that I also know Emma. <laughs> I would like yes. to put on the record that I am now cutting Cole's head off with a chainsaw. Ring, 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 ring. I'm going to have that redacted. Okay. All right. It'll work for you. <laughs> so, uh, if you could not tell from our cold open, it's also the cold open to the film Love Actually, which Emma has selected for us. Here for tonight. Our, for our Christmas special. As our fourth and final Christmas special episode. Oh, wow. Um, Emma, why don't you start by telling us a little bit why you picked Love Actually? When were you born, Emma? What's your favorite color? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't answer any of those okay. questions. Okay. Just tell us about Love Actually. So Love Actually, I must have seen it when it first came out. It came out in 2003. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it so much. Actually. I cried. Yeah, actually. Multiple times. I wrote down every single time I cry in the movie. Mm. And it's just, <laughs> I just love it. It just makes me feel like warm and fuzzy. And even though some of the storylines are not so warm and fuzzy, I just love it. Actually. Yeah. yeah my, that's called, uh, I think that's called um, self-urination is what you might be feeling. No, that's gross. <laughs> um, so Personal problem. I had not seen this what movie. Body jokes now? <laughs> yeah, a couple of body jokes. Busting a ball, you know? <laughs> So I had not seen this movie before we watched it for the pod. I think that's true for Mario and Cole as well. No, I've seen the movie before. Oh, Cole had seen it. But just, just once before. I was okay. going to say, I feel like I tried to make everyone in high school watch it and no one was interested. So. <laughs> well, actually, so in the lead up to this, we had talked to Emma because Emma wanted, she's a listener. She wanted to come on the pod and she said she wanted to do Love Actually. And she was like, I don't know if it would be a, a good pick. And so I read, the, I hadn't seen it, so I read the Wikipedia page and the last line of like the intro to the Wikipedia page says that uh, frequently shown during the Christmas season, the film has proved more popular with audiences than critics and is arguably has been discussed as being arguably a modern day Christmas staple. And I was like, oh, more popular with audiences than critics. I think it will fit our genre just uh -oh. fine. Uh -oh. <laughs> so I think so. Um, as always, we'll start with our personal reviews and ratings of the movie. Um, we'll do scale of 0 to 100, 0 being the worst, 100 being the best, 50 being a perfectly average movie. And that almost we'll, sounds like Metacritic. We'll compare it to the Metacritic rating mm. afterward. Emma, why don't you go first? Tell us what you think about this movie and your personal rating. Okay, well... You feel it in your fingers? Yeah, and I have a feeling you guys are going to like break my heart with your ratings, which is <laughs> totally fine. Maybe one of us. Um, I even last night sat down to watch it and I said, I'm going to be super critical, like look through the lens of 
someone who's never seen it before. And a connoisseur, I told, film connoisseur like myself. And I was like 15 minutes in, and I was like, I just love it so much. <laughs> like I can't. There's nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, there's a few things wrong. But so I'm blinders back on. <laughs> yeah, blinders are really back on. Um, so I gave it an 85, and that is down from what I wanted. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my personal rating. All right, 85. Why did you pick it? Like, why Why do you like it so much? Um, You know, I'm sure it's part of, I've seen it a million times, so familiarity, you know. Um, and it just makes, I guess, you know, you start to feel like you know the characters because you watch it so many times. Mm. Um, I love, you know, it is a Christmassy movie, but it's not about Christmas necessarily. You know, yeah. it's not like the main plot point. It just kind of True. happens to be taking place at Christmas. So, yeah, it's more like a timeline progression in the movie, right? Just giving you context. Yeah, and I like all the all the different little storylines and how they all kind of interweave together. Um, yeah. It's just <clears throat> okay, uh, Cole, what did you think? So I also enjoy this movie. Uh, okay. I'll just say that from the beginning. I think for what this movie is designed to do and be something that people can sit down and enjoy, it does that really well. I don't think it's, it's taking a lot of chances at like challenging material or going into new territory. So maybe you discredit it for that. But for me, there's a um, consistency aspect to this movie where I can count on it to make me feel good each time. If I'm going to be critical, uh, I'm going to give it a 60. Whoa, okay. Mario. Uh, I think it's an above average movie. If I'm thinking about an average movie, I think it is above average. Uh, there's certainly things I would do differently if I was making it a better movie. So that's why I have it at 60%. Okay. Okay. Mario? Why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, so I will start off with something I've said on the pod before. Um, I'm not a huge fan of rom romantic comedies generally. It's not my favorite genre of movies. Um, and I had never seen Love Actually. And I think if I had seen it before, I would have rated it higher because it feels like a movie <coughs> that does get better every time you watch it. But for me, there's too many storylines and it's difficult to follow. So perusing the Wikipedia page, it has it broken up into the different storylines. So per Wikipedia, there are 10 separate storylines that you're trying to follow. And that for me makes it hard, like not to follow the plot, cause like Cole said, the plot's not like super complicated, but to follow like emotionally, like you're kind of like forget, like who do I like again? Like just because liking someone is such a raw emotion and yeah. like you jump back and forth between these storylines. And so- What you call it like actually. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just, there's too much going on. So I think as you rewatch it and you know what happens in every stop, every storyline and you get used to it. And like you said, you feel like you know the characters, you would like it more. But for me, watching it the first time, there was times where I was like, holy shit, I forgot this part. Like, Liam Neeson comes back on screen. I'm like, oh God, Liam Neeson's in this movie. I forgot. Because <laughs> like, like, I haven't seen it in like 30 minutes. It's like the first five chapters of Game of Thrones. Right, right. yeah. You're only getting character names. Where was yeah. Marcos from Tropoya? <laughs> was he looking for him? So for me, good luck. I didn't love it. For my first watching, I imagine if I watched it again, and I'm going to have to watch it again because my wife came home as I was finishing it, and she was like, oh, we should watch this together. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I gave it a 45, so oh. slightly below oh. Yeah. Mario? All right. Well, Emma, um, as a listener, you know how I am. Yes. Um, so I hope I don't ruin your Christmas, um, but I'm very happy that you picked this movie because I had seen it like on Amazon Prime or Netflix, I think, once in a while, and... The cast always intrigued me, and I always wanted to watch it, but I, I never have, so I'm glad you picked it. Um, it was a tough watch. Oh, no. Reverse psychiatry. I just pulled this reverse psychology. I loved it. It was so enjoyable. I am a sucker for romantic comedy. I can't tell if you're being serious. No, I am. Mario loves romantic comedies. Yeah. So the first half of the movie, I will say, I was talking to Bryce and Cole, and I was honest with them. It was a rough watch. Okay. Because it's very cliche. It's very campy. But the second hour of the movie, I was like all in. I was so happy and I got a little emotional oh. at the end. I turned up <laughs> in like a happy oh way. And I had goosebumps. Like, and we'll talk more in depth as to the parts I really liked. Oh my goodness. But yeah. I really, really liked it. And like Bryce actually said, it probably is better in subsequent viewings. Yeah. And I would like to go back and watch it and only care about the characters that I cared about. Right. Because yeah. there are a few storylines I want to just get rid of. Um, mm -hmm. I want to get huge shouts to Emma Thompson. She's the best actress in the movie. Yes. Thompson is the most a great actress, though. And I was upset about how her character ended up. And she's right. Great. 
I truly, I truly made the note to myself was that I want to watch more Emma Thompson movies. Yeah, and like when we Men get to Black the season, like Men in Black Three, <laughs> when we get to that category, like Treasure Planet, what would the spinoffs be? Yeah, I don't want to see that story because it's tragic, but at the same time, it would make a great movie, and she'd probably win an Oscar. But I give it a seventy-three. Wow, wow, so that is way better than I was expecting. I can't wait to watch it with a girlfriend someday. <laughs> if you're listening, come on over. Oh. Exactly, go meet her at the airport. So this is my girlfriend Carol. This is the front of her. So the critical consensus, um, the consensus from Rotten Tomatoes is that it is a sugary tale, overstuffed with too many stories. Still, the cast has charms. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the Metacritic rating is a fifty-five. So that means our oh. friend Cole is closest to the pin. Hey, uh, long overdue. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank Suck you it, very Bryce. much. Suck yeah. it. I feel it in my plums. <laughs> I feel it in my fingers. Um, in my plums. So, uh, after hearing that rating, are you sure? Do you feel like you want to change your rating at all? Emma, what do you think? I feel like I want to increase my rating. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it up. Take it higher. Let's just take it to a 90. Go Can for you it. take <laughs> it higher? I do agree that there, with what Bryce was saying, Same it's a man. lot to focus on and to care about um, and to keep track of. Especially the first time you watch it, right? I don't know. I just love it so much, and yeah. it is campy, but that's it's also kind of the yeah. part of the charm. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, now having seen the whole thing, you're right. It needs to be that way. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really liked Hugh Grant. I love Hugh Grant. Yeah, I've never seen a movie that I love him. Oh, in, I love Hugh Grant. And now I want to go back and watch <laughs> Hugh Grant movies from the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh. Um, yeah, that was it for me though. Is like. There was times where it switched to a plot line that I was like, "Get this guy out of here!" Like, I don't want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see the guy that goes to. I don't give kill, a crap yeah, about right? him. Alan yeah, because he's such a sleazebag. <laughs> like, yeah, the Alan Rickman storyline is tough. Actor, oh yeah. Oh man. So anyway, that I, I, I'm pretty set on 45. I did. I did think it was slightly below average, just because like I wanted to get rid of a couple storylines, and if I could get it down to let's say six storylines, I think that's a better movie. Yeah. Which, I'd stay at my score. Sorry, I didn't say that. No, that's fine. Which slides into our efficient fix, and that is my answer for efficient fix, is how would you make the movie better? I would cut out some storylines. Allegedly, the writer of this movie started with 14 different storylines. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And cut it down to 10 for the movie. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. making a miniseries at that point. Right. That's not a movie. It's too long. It's I two hours and 15 that minutes. Kill, but it's long. It's... I even watching last night, paused it, and I was like, how much time do I yes. have left? Like, it's pretty <laughs> long. It's really strong, for yeah. me at least. I usually like the first halves of movies, as we've done in Junk Tour, better, but this finished really strong. Yeah. But, but yeah. I agree, cutting some out would probably be the fix. Okay. How would you fix it, Cole? Um, I think I'm in, a, in somewhat of a similar category. So I think, as I said at the beginning with my review, there's a tension for me between like wanting it to not have to take any chances and it being very accountable, being very like, it's always going to deliver the same way versus doing something more challenging. I think the advantage of these like multiple subplots woven together is that you can take some chances with some of them where they can, some of them can be unlikable characters. Alan Rickman is unlikable. Yes. But like you can do things that are a little bit more drastic than instead of doing like, 10 love stories yeah, do seven love stories and three that are a challenge one that's something that's rant you know something that's different um but i also wonder if <clears throat> the fix is to I, I agree that if maybe we take out a few of them in total but i also for me i get confused with how some of the stories do end up connecting to other stories yeah so hugh grant is related to um Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. He's the older brother. Yeah, their brother and sister. Yeah. And so looks like six years younger. Then that adds a whole nother layer of like, wait, now how do I feel about all of the things that are happening? Right. That I wonder if it was just seven stories and only a few of them overlap each other, if I kind of do a little better with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my my aside from shortening, my a Finch and Fix and Cole Touch on it was it, it did feel at the end they intertwine the storylines like it's almost like the writer, like, oh, I forgot to connect the stories. Let right. me just throw these in in the right. last 10 minutes. Yeah, the payoff of the overlap, which is the reason you would do so many stories in a single movie, is not worth yeah. the number of storylines to me. All yeah. they did to pay off was to the beginning speech, where they all are at Heathrow Airport, they're at right. Heathrow at the end, which I just realized. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it kind of like what other movies are like this? Uh, He's just not that into you. Uh, New Year's Eve. And then Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. As well. Day. Yeah. I love see. I love all this crap. <laughs> um, they do a good job of connecting the characters. I'm not sure if there's Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's... I love that you've seen all those movies, but <laughs> no. not Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> not a huge Tarantino guy. Okay? Obviously, but, uh... he doesn't do a lot of love movies. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of rom-coms. Yeah. I think they could have had a little more. Interconnectivity. I, I want to jump in and say this. Rowan Atkinson. Is he a Christmas angel? He yes. was. He okay. was supposed to he be supposed allegedly to be, yeah. in the original script, but they decided that that would be too much to add another plotline and be like, oh, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean's yeah. also an angel. And especially something like Supernatural. We right. Yeah, kind of. Though, right? Everyone yeah. wasn't just, okay, I thought like I was superior. My watching abilities, <laughs> like. It, it would feel weird <laughs> to make it Supernatural, like Emma said, in the context of the realism of the movie yeah. to just be like oh there's also an angel is one yeah. of the characters and he's yeah. going to win the race but i do i do love his he only has two scenes really but mm -hmm. right. i appreciate the part because it does add like especially with the necklace it adds a little oh that seems amazing yeah. especially yeah. like that's a really tense storyline and then just to be that ridiculous right it's kind of fun so i appreciate it but i'm also kind of glad that they didn't do whatever the plan was originally yeah yeah it's just like Again, I wish I cared more about... I, I do care a lot about certain storylines, mm -hmm. but like to include all these storylines, like I've mentioned before, I don't particularly care for the Alan Rickman storyline just because it doesn't feel like it fits. Like It's such a downer in a yeah. movie that's very sweet otherwise. And like the only connection is, oh, his second... Well, obviously Emma Thompson, but then like, oh, his secretary also lives next door to Natalie. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. It's like... Means nothing. Okay, I guess so. Like, cool. Um, I was shocked that... And, and I was like, oh, thank God. I can't believe this actually happened. Where she confronts him about that. Mm -hmm. oh, Didn't she's... see that happening in a movie. I was like, cool. that's, yeah. I that's when I fall in love with her entirely. Me too, yeah. I go, you yeah. boss. Actor. And then at the end of the movie, they're obviously just staying together, living together for the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking. Which is a bummer. Like, it's a real downer why, in the context of this movie. movie. Yeah. The other one is, I like the payoff. I don't know if I can call it a payoff. I don't know the actor's name. He plays. The sheriff in Walking Dead, the main guy. Andrew Lincoln. Yes. Yeah. So at first I thought he was in love with his best friend. And right. that's what it's teasing you to do. You yeah. Know, it turns out he's in love with um, Keira Knightley. I liked that. It was pretty, that was like a cute little wrinkle. And I loved the scene with the cards at the end. Mm -hmm. However, why have that storyline in the movie? There's no payoff. Like those characters really, he goes yeah. with them to the airport at the end. Like, I don't know if that, if I had to cut one of the characters' stories, cut him. So let's talk about that for a second because the poster board scene is probably the most iconic scene from the whole movie. Um, but what do you guys think was the best scene? And, and with, like we said, so much going on, if you were going to show someone just one scene to be like, you should watch this movie, which one would you pick, Emma? That's so hard. I know. <laughs> it's it, really hard because it's... I think it's easy to be honest with you. Oh, the ensemble. Right. You know, yeah. that, I think it's it makes it part of the selling hard. point, too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, my favorite scene is at the end when Jamie, who is played by Con Firth, is go flies to Portugal yeah. and proposes to Aurelia. Uh -huh. Apparently, and, he's going to kill Aurelia. Right. It's and really just, funny the mistranslation. Yeah, and the mistranslation <laughs> and like her, what her family's saying, and they're getting the whole town together. Right. And then King of Dun Queen of Dunkin' Donuts, 2000. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Miss Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the jokes don't age super well. But, um, and then yeah, like his broken Portuguese, and then she's been learning English, and it just makes me cry. But it's I just love that. Yeah, it's real uh, gift of the magi. -esque. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. It's so cheesy. Yeah. And I loved every second of it. And she responds in English. Ooh, yeah. I, I teared up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. What do you think was the best scene, Mario? You said it was an easy choice. Yeah, because it's. I guess it's not one scene, but it's like a couple scenes. But it's when Otis Redding's version of White Christmas starts playing, mm -hmm. which I never heard. I listened to it on the way here, and it again made me emotional. <laughs> It starts with Martin Freeman getting the kiss, mm -hmm. which I didn't know Martin Freeman was in this. Yeah. Love him. Getting the kiss. See, I thought the connection real quick was going to be that they were porn actors. No, right. Just... And then when the, the rock star guy said he's going to watch porn with his fat friend, that's, they were just going to watch that. <laughs> I think they're just stand-ins yeah. for movies when they're like yes. getting oh, ready okay, to shoot the is. love scenes yes. in this oh. movie. So yeah. that scene started with him, again, kind of referencing back to Cocktail. He gets the kiss and then he celebrates because that's right. me. And then it goes from that to the card scene, and then you you go into um, Hugh Grant's scene where it starts where he realizes he wants to go find was it Natalie? Natalie, yeah. I love that scene when he like actually finds her. 
Also confused why they call her plumpy or like chubby. She's so the recurring joke throughout the movie, which is not great, as Emma's well, very offended not, here, is that she not. she's they, a beautiful, <laughs> stunning, thin woman. So it starts off when she mentions that her ex boyfriend broke up with her because he called her, basically said she was fat. Thighs. President Billy Bob Thornton says oh. that she's a little bit thick. Multiple people say it throughout the movie. I was seeing the same thing. I was like, this woman is yes. beautiful. <laughs> like, what are we doing? And not fat by any stretch of the right. imagination. Exactly. Like, that's <laughs> exactly. not good. It's crazy. Yeah. It's also making America, made America look pretty sleazy. Well, mm. but like a lot of the British characters are also called, like, it's just like weird. Like every character, except for Hugh Grant, apparently thinks she's fat. Oh, I just meant <laughs> that whole representation of the president oh, wow. in general. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Billy Bob in a second. <laughs> Anyway, so that's what I would choose. The whole Otis Redding montage. That's great. That's a, that's like, a good one, yeah. Just like a consecutive 10 yeah. minutes, even though it's multiple scenes. The song I thought if I had a December wedding, I might play that as my wedding song. Aww. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I'm a sucker for romance, right? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Cole, what would you have as your best scene, buddy? So in the context of the question, it makes me want to basically just show somebody like the most likable romance from it and show like a great scene from their mm -hmm. story and be like, okay, if you, if you like these people, you like the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. So I, in my head right now, I'm trying to decide who that is, and I think it is Colin Firth and Aurelia. Yeah. Uh, I forget her actual real name. That's the one I love the most because I just love you know non-English speakers. I think it's a beautiful thing when it's happening. Her name is Lucia Maniz. Um, oh, nice. Thank you, Miss Emma, for having that note for You're me. Welcome. Uh, but their story is like the one I am the most excited about seeing the most oh. and watching them work through their language barrier, and I love especially and here's my scene for them, is he's out there being like overly dramatic writer, typing on a typewriter under a gazebo, and she comes out there with tea, and the wind blows, and he goes in the lake, and then he sees her strip down and jump into the lake, and he's, he's peaked attraction for her. He jumps in beside her, and then they go in together, and there's just this great moment where she's now connecting with him, and she's trying to figure out what kind of book he's writing, and she's doing like pantomime like oh is it scary and she like makes like a frightful face is it love and she like grabs her heart and is just it this... erotic and humps <laughs> yeah well, humps the doorknob i think you're thinking of mini me from oh yes <laughs> yeah. Cold uh but no that's the scene i'd show is just that interaction between the two of them and the language barrier i thought that was one of my least favorite characters i cared about until the end but mm. even you talking about this scene again made me like a little happy okay i'm gonna go back and watch it now yeah that was a great scene um, so for me, I think, that, again, the most iconic is the poster board. Um, I would show someone that. I, I enjoy that scene quite a bit, but my favorite scene, bar none, is the 45 seconds that we get of Hugh Grant just dancing by himself in that building. <laughs> yes. Again, I love Hugh Grant so much, and I, I for whatever reason, he just cracks me up. And so him just dancing around by himself after he's told off the American president is yeah. so funny to yeah. me. If you're it's, listening... And you are, if you're listening. Go <laughs> Google that scene. His dance moves, I want to learn how to do. Yes. His little, like, kick-out shimmy. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm breaking it out in my next wedding. I have an honorable mention. Though. Your next wedding or the next wedding you go to? The next wedding I attend. mine. Or the one I'm in. Who knows? Um, I love you, Lindsay. Honorable <laughs> mention. Great start with the songwriting. With the, what's the guy's name? The actor's name or the Both, character? Like, what's the character? Um, Billy, so is it Billy Nye? Mac. Nye? Billy Mack. Billy Mack is the character. His, his actor's name is, Billy, is Billy Mack. So the movie starts that Billy Mack is like this iconic rock star, like classic rock, and he's kind of revitalizing his career by putting out a Christmas album, and he's covering one of his own songs, Love is in the Air, and he just changed it to Christmas in the Air, but he can't change the lyric from Love to Christmas. He can't get he, it. Yeah, he can't get it. And then he, like, he ends up swearing, and the whole movie is like, randomly following this guy and his song plays in the background like right that was a great touch of comedic um relief the yeah, opening just his character in general but the opening like it hooked me right away yeah from that and opening. he keeps popping like they'll show a character watching his music video or watching him perform like, yeah or doing yeah. something on tv just live kinda, and he just keeps like being yeah. a fool and yeah. Like, yeah and i i so we, i talked about there's too many storylines and i think that's true but as an aside i enjoy that the payoff of that storyline is yeah. it that like he randomly finds love from some woman that is a groupie for him. That's but what I thought it was gonna be. That he comes back and he tells his manager, like, I realize like you might be the only person I love. Yeah. And he's like, so I'm gonna spend Christmas Eve with you. And I always enjoy when it's that like platonic love mm -hmm. also being incorporated yeah. in the story as well. A coworker of mine. You said that? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. A coworker of mine said Bill Nye, like, how do you not like Bill Nye? And I was like, 
the science guy, I guess I haven't gotten there. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> different, different Bill Nye. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we've talked about our best scene. Is there a scene that kind of breaks the movie for you, or is there a worst scene? Emma, did you have a worst scene? I do, and it's not going to be a popular opinion. Oh my, is it the poster boards? It's the poster boards. Okay, Whoa! tell me why. I just think... Okay, I get, out. I get it. He can't. Con you can't control how you feel. Like he's in love with Kira Knightley. Who isn't? I get it. I love her. But you know, yeah, of course. I love Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it's just not necessary, and especially to do on like Christmas Eve to your best friend. On to your best friend, and be like, and also you've just been rude to his wife the whole time you've known her because you're in love with her, and then like, yeah, like did they know each other? Before the, the wife and the, like no. the best man? Yeah. Well, so you're led to believe that he's just been very rude to her like cold, the entire yeah. time. So I'm saying, I wonder, like, I, to me, it seems like he was best friends with her and then his friend falls in love. That's why he has this relationship for her. Oh. Right. See, I always just thought the guys were best friends. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is, though. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like the guys are best friends and then Shuatel Ejiofor starts dating Keira yeah. Knightley and then Andrew Lincoln also falls in love with Keira Knightley but can't act yeah, on those yeah. feelings because his best friend is yeah. engaged and then married to her. And so what, what I will say, sorry, Emily, no, no, no. you finish your thought. Yeah, sorry. I no, I was just saying it's a I weird thing to do on Christmas Eve. Be You're like, right. you know what I'm going to do? Make these 50 poster boards and right. go show them to my best friend's wife. And then when she runs up and gives him a kiss on her and he says, all right, you know, that's enough now. I'm like, it was enough a long time ago. Right. Like, we are past the point. Pump the break. Enough. Dude, you have, like, a friggin' home movie made of Right. Her. That's yeah. not enough? Yeah. So, what I will say is, it's not great. There's a lot of weird not treating marriages correctly in this movie. Yeah. Um, but Andrew Lincoln, when he's doing the poster boards, he obviously is not, not all above board. Like, what he's doing isn't great. But he's also not poster board, if you will. <laughs> he's also not saying, I love you and I think you should leave Edgia for for me. He's just saying, I just want you to know this is how I feel and it's nothing's gonna come from mm. it. And it's not great, but he's also I don't know. That's inappropriate. It, it is absolutely you're right. If you if a guy did that to your wife, you'd beat the shit out of him. Well, I mean I probably <laughs> hopefully wouldn't get arrested, but if you, know. you wouldn't get arrested, you would do it. We'll see. That's a form of like, not only are you backstabbing your best friend, but you're forcing your friend's wife to reconsider her marriage, essentially, and then cheat by kissing. Even if you're saying this is all that's going to come of it, that, you know, there's still repercussions. Yeah. On yeah. yeah. And then one day your wife says, hey, by the way, babe, your best friend once uh, showed up Christmas Eve. It was the most romantic thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Don't get upset with him, though. Yeah. You think, okay, where's my gun? Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat as Emma. Everything, you think that's the worst scene? Absolutely. Oh, man. I, I ditto every reason she just said, every aspect of what she just said. Thank you. Thanks, Cole. Thank you. I don't have a scene in particular. Um, I have a couple of like storylines as we've been talking, like the, the English guy who goes to America. Mm -hmm. and sure. Like, all the, Colin. Uh, Colin, yeah. I thought it was a dream. I was waiting for him to like wake up, and that was his fantasy. Yeah. But that happens. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it doesn't really fit, it doesn't really fit the character, like you think he would strike out, mm -hmm. and it doesn't make America look good. There is some Especially when Denise, Denise Richards, mm -hmm. where yeah. she comes and just makes out with his friend. Right. Yeah. There's definitely some cringe in that, but it also is one of the times I laugh the hardest when he pulls into the Milwaukee airport to Santana. Right. Yeah. Like he lands in America and it's Santana in Milwaukee and it's snowing. Like that's such a funny thing to like romanticize Milwaukee. Continuity error. They said he was going to Madison. Uh, Why didn't he fly to Madison Airport? He went to Milwaukee. I thought he just said he was going to Wisconsin. I thought he said Madison, Wisconsin. I don't know. Anyways, don't know. so those kind of scenes that which is like, a funny state to pick. Also, yeah. I laughed. Well, see, going when he was to like, school, where are you going to go? He's like Wisconsin. I was like, so <laughs> all the places. I didn't laugh. So going to school in Minnesota. Milwaukee's you know, like, the place to be. You no, know, like the northwest, like north. Um, sorry, not northwest. Northern Midwest. girls, Midwest yeah. girls in the north are like known to be like the Scandinavian beautiful women. Sure. So like to me I'm like, oh that's not a bad place to go find a girlfriend. But that scene and then some of the Alan Rickman stuff, but then just the campiness in the beginning. Sorry, like, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> You're good. That scene and then some of the campiness in the beginning when the music dictates how you should feel. Mm -hmm. So the second half of the movie is really uplifting where you don't need the music. You kind of forget the music. The beginning of the movie, the music like drives the emotions, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. it tells you what to feel. Yeah. I would agree with that. 
So for me, it's similar to you. It's hard to pick a specific scene, but a plot line that I also felt like didn't fit. And I, I mentioned already, I think the Alan Rickman plot line like doesn't fit with the movie just because like it's a, such a bummer in like a movie that's otherwise like very happy. And it's like, I don't know, like if the theme of the movie is that there's all sorts of love and like we should embrace all these types of love. Like I don't want to hear about Alan Rickman cheating on his wife, but then deciding to stay together for their kids. Horrible. Um, and so I, I think for me, like we mentioned that Emma Thompson's great in the climax of that particular story, but like I would change that climax probably just so it's like more satisfying in the context of the movie. It's, it's one of those things that's like, this isn't that movie. Like if, if it was a different kind of movie, maybe that makes sense. But like with everything else going on to have that end with Emma Thompson scolding Alan Rickman and being like, you've, basically ruined our marriage for nothing and then yeah. the, the later finding out in the epilogue like but we'll stay together so that our kids is like oh man that's like a gross feeling for me to have hot take yes yeah, a little too real <laughs> yeah hot take i don't know if this is the whiskey speaker the scotch but she was so attractive in those scenes like the most attractive <clears throat> one of the most attractive like just how raw like, her emotions were, were i'm like how is this woman not in every movie like <laughs> I think like Emma the next Street. generally nice. considered pretty attractive, and she does okay. No, yeah, I'm just saying, like, how have I not seen her in more movies? Oh, right. I feel like she doesn't movies. get a lot of roles, I agree. She acts circles around everyone oh, yeah. in this movie, like, it's just... And see, I guess I don't mind that plotline as much, just because I think... I mean, it is a more realistic, I guess, rom-com, kind of, but I think, you know, when you come in and Liam Neeson, like, you know, his wife's passed away, and then you have this, um... What else? There's another one. Oh, and like, you know, the love triangle. It's kind of like, this is also the reality that like, it's not always perfect, but like, this is what it is. And, you know, there's still like things to be learned and gained from even like a really sad situation. So I don't mind it as much. And I mean, honestly, just the scene of Emma Thompson in the bedroom crying to Joni Mitchell just yeah. makes me like... Oh, it's... That's oh, a heavy scene. I love it. Beautiful scene. Instant crush. But it's heavy. Like, oh, it's oh, yeah, very... Yeah. When like, she you're right. I guess it doesn't quite match the tone. And, and, and talking about like how great Emma Thompson is, like when she opens the gift and she sees oh. that it's a CD and not a necklace, like you can oh. see like 20 different emotions yes. pass on her face yeah. and she like mentally does the it's not the necklace, the necklace was for the yeah. secretary, Yeah. what the hell? Like... That oh, it's I a great it's a great acting yeah. performance mm. from, from yeah, without sounding creepy. This is the Emma Thompson podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be creepy, I'm an acting crush. I think she's just like oh, she's yeah. amazing. Just she so I think bees knees. She's in a lot of stuff, but she's she's rarely the lead in in things. If that makes mm. sense, like yeah, yeah, she's in Harry Potter, but she's a relatively minor character. Who's right. she in Harry Potter? She's Professor Trelawney. In, in she's the lead Potter. in uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, she's the, she's and she's that. really good in that. Right. Um, but then also Tom Hanks is in that. People, it's helpful. Tom, Tom's good. Tom Thomas Hanks. I don't know him. Right. He's an American actor. He's Small like actor. Up and coming. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned there's a bunch of people in this movie. It's an ensemble cast, as they call it in the biz. Um, but if you're gonna recast, you know, so many different things. Is there basically is there someone that should have been in this movie, or is there a, a replacement actor that you think would have done a better job? Does anybody have one? I have, this is one of my problems with the movie that I've always had. So I love Laura Linney. Yes. And Who I read, Laura Linney? so she was the one who had a crush on her coworker, Carl. Oh yeah, she, she does feel kind of out of place to be honest. And I read that the director wanted a Laura Linney type and he couldn't find a British actress that he liked. And so, so they were like, all right, well just let's get her. It's just, and I mean, I, I think she did a good job. I'm not saying anything about her performance, but it just did not, I cannot figure out Okay, it makes sense that she lives in the UK. Of course, Americans can travel and live in different countries. We are allowed. Why is her brother there? Yeah. And like, what happened? Oh, good point. And there's, I'm sure there is some kind of situation in the world, like maybe they have dual citizenship. Maybe I mean, she I'm trying to for him, because, right? Yeah. But I'm like, how? How? And that's just the you know the right. one wrinkle that makes me. We didn't talk about the storyline, but like. She couldn't date Carl still? Right. She couldn't tell Carl, hey, my brother is mentally disturbed and well, not she really does, visiting? She does tell him that, but basically it's, well, it. it seems, because when they're having sex, she keeps taking the call from yeah. her brother, and she explains, like, the situation. But oh, the yeah, problem yeah, yeah, yeah. is that, like, she won't give herself time to, to yeah, be in love God. with this guy, Come but on. she keeps... And that's another problem I have. Sorry, I'm going off the characters a little bit, but 
A, do not answer the phone. Ever. B, in that moment. Why is whatever hospital or wherever he is giving him access to a phone? And what kind of visiting hours? Because after. It's like midnight. It's yeah, <laughs> so late. Hard, hard. Because I'm she, proud of you, Emma. she goes to the Christmas party. That's she and Carl questions. go home together. So, what, you know, it's got to be at least 10, minimum 10 p.m. He's in his skivvies. Yeah, and then he calls and she's like, okay, I'll come right over. Like, Nickers. no, no, no. We do yeah, not have visiting no, no, hours at this time. So, that's. that's and you can't show up to the mental hospital naked either. Yeah, right. right. Well, bring Carl with you. Yeah. If a handsome man is shirtless in front of you, you don't pick up the phone. I, you know? I never. I never would. In that situation. I've never been in it, though. So. That's so... I was thinking a similar thing, Emma, because like, I like Laura Linney as well, but it doesn't feel like she fits in this movie, but I couldn't think of a British actress right. to replace her. And neither could the director, apparently. Apparently. So. And I mean, now I think there's obviously a new crop of young British actors who would have been way too young at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe now we could... Who would play that role today? <sighs> the Laura Linney role? Yeah. Let's get oh. Sophie Turner in there. So, okay, this is... Now we're just off the rails. <laughs> I thought that... Like, when I first saw it, I was like, is Sophie Turner one of the backup dancers in the music video? But obviously she no. was like nine years old when this yeah. movie came out. But it looks like her a little bit. There is a, there is a Game of Thrones star in it. Not star. The Children in the Forest. Kid. Yes. Oh Sam, yeah, 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 Sam, yeah. yeah. Um, what's well, the actress from Baby Driver? I don't know. Do you mind looking that up, Cole? Sure. She fits. She's more, a singer. Is she? Yeah, she sings. Like in the shower? Or? <laughs> no, she's like can actually sing very well. Oh. Lily James. Lily James. Oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, she's in um, Yesterday as well. She's, she's beautiful. One of the most talented young British actresses. I yeah, think. yeah. She would be really good in that. Yeah. Enough. Um. um this is a tough category, Bryce. I don't think I could pick anyone in the time. I think a character that's missing from the movie, but I don't think he was big at the time or even was acting, was Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. I see Martin Freeman, all these other big names. I'm like, mm -hmm. why is it he should be in this movie? And same with Andrew Scott. I guess the whole cast of Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Just redo Sherlock. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if I would take anyone out. I, mean, I have some. I wish I could have seen... You know, maybe someone like Liam Neeson in or Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, uh, who's that guy that plays Professor Snape? Alan Rickman? Yeah. yeah. He'd be great. They would have yeah. been good. <laughs> yeah. But more seriously, um, I think I could see Emma Thompson in the role. Um, <laughs> what the hell, so man? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But actually, actually. So, right, is this for real? This, this is for real. Okay. Stuff. You say Hugh Graham, I'm going to kill you. Uh, Emma Watson is one that I could see playing a young adult role, which I think it does, if you're going to add a you know storyline that doesn't exist super strongly, is like that age range. There's kind of like very young and then adults. Well, she's not a young adult anymore. But you mean Right, like, yeah. I'm talking about in the time period of 2003, she would be a young adult then, right? She would be like 13. <laughs> That's a young adult. Okay. I, I didn't know if you meant like 18. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not. We'll call it 13, adult. 18, that age range. I guess that is young adult because the books um, are young adult books. Sure, yeah. yeah. But also, that. give me Michael Caine and give me Michael an Caine. old people romance. Sure. Michael Caine was for sure busy. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't you put in there? Can't Christian Bell. So I, I had a small one. Um, so Colin, which is the storyline we mentioned, is a little bit weird, the one he goes yeah. to America. And I'm not interested in that storyline. I think it's because I'm not interested in the actor. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and so he would have been too young, but if they would do like now, I think it would have been great to have Dom Hall. I don't know how to say his first name. Domnall Gleeson. He oh. plays General Hux in the Star Wars movies now. Oh, yeah. He's a good romantic um, actor, too. And yeah, he's, he's been in Black Mirror as a kind of pseudo-romantic role. Um, I think that... Black Mirror, the TV show? Yeah, he, oh, he's I in one episode. Um, I think that storyline would be exponentially better with him. Yeah. I care way more about it than I do about that guy that's currently Ooh, in true. it. True. Maybe a seven-year-old Tom Holland at the time. <laughs> he could play Sam. Yeah. He looks similar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, the kid, the guy, is his first movie was Yesterday. That Indian, uh, English Indian actor. I don't know his the name. The name of the main character from Yesterday? Did you guys see Yesterday? yesterday? No, I have not, not seen yesterday. yesterday. So it was his first movie. He's insanely talented, and he's an amazing actor. I feel like you could put him in as any of the characters. When they redo Love His Act. name is Hamish Patel. Yes, yes. Lily yes. James also in yesterday. Yes, the two of them. Just oh, Ed Sheeran? Let's redo it. Put Ed Sheeran in there. Yeah, reshoot Put, it today. Get throw Paul it. McCartney to play Billy Mack. Here's what we do. Let's we, throw Adele in there. We reshoot it yeah. today. We make it a 10 episode HBO miniseries. Mm. We call it a day. That's fine. I think it's way better. I like that. We get Hugh Grant still. It's still Hugh Grant. Obviously, it's still Bob Hugh Thor Grant. We call we it. We cut Love also, Practically. I meant to talk about that <laughs> in this section. 
Billy Bob Thornton as the American president seems absurd. Does it? I, is it too far from what exists? We have not. The behavior was not that far-fetched. Because I... talk. Just watching it now, he's obviously kind of supposed to be, to me at least, maybe obviously, to me he's supposed to be a mix of W and Bill Clinton. Right. Because it's like the Texas, you know, the country, yeah. and then kind of like the sleazy... And, you know, Natalie kind of, as my lovely boyfriend and avid listener, Michael, pointed out, Natalie... He's an avid listener. Yeah. Shouts. Uh, Natalie kind of gives him a Monica Lewinsky vibe. So, it's, mm. you know... Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely... But then I was just thinking that I read this article that was written pre-2016 that said it was a little unbelievable that he would have been elected. And I was just thinking, well, you yeah, have well, no idea what it comes to. Things about article happened. was written about it? <laughs> yeah. What a job. Um, so... Uh, Tim Robbins plays the American president in a couple of the Austin Powers movies. Tim Robbins. Oh, Shawshank. Shawshank, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's a little bit more believable, but he has like a lot more gravitas. Billy Bob Thornton, if you're trying to do like half Clinton, half Bush, he's a, he's a good pick, I guess. Yeah. I just remember seeing like, oh, he's the American president. It's Billy Bob Thornton gets out of the car. I was like, get out of yeah. here. <laughs> like, what are we doing? It, it also makes it someone easy to root against. Who's he true. run? I'm like, who, who did he go against? <laughs> right. Al Gore. Well, yeah. I don't want to make us go to the new category, but you just made me think of something for the new category. Host? Am I allowed, allowed to go there, Bryce? So, the favorite individual storyline? Yes. Tell him no, so Bryce. We're gonna, Tell him no. We're, don't we're, do it. We are going to transfer now to the best. So, we said there's Damn too it. many storylines. Which one, if you thought, like, this would be a good movie by itself? Cole? So, one thing that you just prompted for me is, there is this is, this is a non-romantic movie, but it was really an exciting part for me, is Hugh Grant's speech mm -hmm. aside of Billy Bob Thornton as they're just basically talking about the relationship between England and the U.S. and he's talking about how we're going to be stronger moving forward and a friend is not a friend when they're a bully. There's a movie that I want to watch right there of like just some like heavy political <laughs> tension. You would have to use fictional countries though I feel like yeah, to yeah. make it work. Maybe so. Like if you're making a movie and you're like, yeah, <laughs> the U.S. always kicks around Britain. <laughs> and you're like, ah, that's a weird vibe. <laughs> yeah. He did say the U.S. was the strongest country in the nation. In the world. Yeah, in the world. Yeah. That's what I mean, in the nation. <laughs> in the nation. We are the strongest country in America. <laughs> America is the strongest country. So that's what you just prompted for me off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what, what about you, Mario? Which storyline would you like to see well, uh, if it was stretched into a pop, feature film? Pop the Christmas cookie in my mouth. That's what she said. <laughs> Nope. She didn't say that. Um, there's a lot of them. Wow. But it starts with Hugh Grant, the scene where, uh, was it Veronica? I don't know what's her name, Vicky? Natalie? Natalie. <laughs> Natalie in the, in the boardroom? Yeah. You recast Hugh Grant, Daniel Craig. He kills the U.S. president. Oh my gosh. And then gosh. takes Natalie with him on, oh, a, on wow. the run. And then he's got a, it's like a James Bond spinoff. I hate this. But it's not U.S. Instead, it's like terrorists. Okay. That's so it's just true. a James Bond movie. I would just, yeah. I would do the Hugh Grant. You can make that whole thing into a movie. Young guy becomes prime minister. He's single, finds love where he shouldn't. Right. I could also see the Martin Freeman. I think the Hugh Grant storyline, if it's its own movie, is too outlandish. Because for some reason, like in the context oh, of all these movie, other stories, like you're like, oh yeah, sure, I guess the prime minister of England is also in having a love story. But if it's the only story, you're like, get out of here. Like, what are we doing? I don't know, I'd watch it. But um, the Liam Neeson storyline, that, I mean, the guy... The Liam Neeson storyline is probably yeah. the most, like, just purely sweet one. And me. he doesn't do, they don't focus on him enough. I thought that, I honestly thought that his story was going to get the most attention. Maybe just from, like, people talking about, oh, Liam Neeson was in love, actually, before mm -hmm. he was in Taken, right? Right. So, but he really didn't, he didn't get too much of a payoff. He got a rushed little love interest at the end. I mean, I even love the decision they go with. To have him be Sam, Sam's stepfather and just not right. his actual yeah. father. Yeah, it was so great to hear Sam call him dad. I teared up. Oh. All of that was really good. Yeah. But um, Billy Mack's storyline, it reminded me of Get Him to the Greek. Okay. Which, yeah, you can have that. And then I liked Martin Freeman's. I wanted to see more. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a struggling actor who's standing for actors during sex scenes and he is awkward with women despite this career that you would think he's so comfortable with women because he sees them naked on a daily basis. Yeah, I do feel like I'm that's... I'm applying for that job. That's, that's the storyline I didn't get enough of from this movie. Like, yeah. I wanted to hear more from them, and they are kind of relegated to, like, the yeah. B-list. And he's great. He's one of the, my favorite British actors. Yeah. Emma, what, which one do you want made into a movie? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think... I think he made some good points. I mean, I think the... So, the Martin Freeman... I think it would have potential 
to expand upon that. I mean, of course, I just, I mean, I have to go back to the Jamie and Aurelia because I love that one. And I mean, I love that, you know, like you said at the beginning, it's very sweet and they really can't really talk to each other. But I think maybe to like see a little bit more of that progression would have been interesting as well. But I mean, I think it seems like they spend a, maybe the most time on the prime minister. I don't know. I didn't look yeah. at the timestamps or anything. But at the same time, it feels like the climax of the movie is, like of the whole movie is the um, Colin Firth storyline. Like right. him, yeah. like that feels like the one that they are like going with, and really then obviously building. they kind of end with the Liam Neeson one. But it feels like the Aurelia Colin Firth story. Yeah, I'm all about that one. That's my real yeah. answer. Did you guys like the cast of Aurelia? Yeah, I, I think she's, she's great. She didn't wasn't captivating to me. I thought they could have got like a a bigger named A list actor, and that's like Sama Hayek or someone. Yeah, because Colin Firth is like a huge star. Yeah, and I thought if they would have paired him with another big star, kind of like. Someone mentioned, oh, like you mentioned with Colin, you didn't care yeah. too much because he was a lower actor. I didn't, I'd never seen her before, and she didn't act too much because she didn't speak the English language. Right. Or who is it in Spanglish, Adam Sandler and uh, Christina Perez? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Um, Modern cast, I would cast Ana de Armas. She's Oh, it's Paz awesome. Vega she plays... Anyway, it's a similar scenario where it's yeah. a language barrier and a love story. Mm -hmm. I don't know. To me, it felt like, this might be an unpopular opinion, like a, a first-time actor. I like an, I like an unknown. I liked it because I think it made it, it made it feel more believable. Yeah, like I guess that's what you're going for, yeah. Gorgeous, right. incredible actress. How is she cleaning houses? Yeah. Right. Well, not that this really wasn't gorgeous. Like when I mean, Jennifer is Lopez good, yeah. is in Made in Manhattan and it was <laughs> right. kind of like, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> right, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I want J-Lo is what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Colin Firth and J-Lo or Shakira. She just uses her hips to communicate. Mm -hmm. Her hips have never lied. That's a spinoff. Um... So for me, and I guess this is going to be unpopular amongst the fellow pod ears here. Uh, I am most interested in the Juliet, Peter, and Mark storyline, which is Andrew Lincoln, Trita Ajifor, and Keira Knightley. What? I think that's mm. the most interesting one. The opening <laughs> wedding is great. This, first first of all, movie. really it's fun, a, yeah. really fun wedding. Oh my god! Ceremony yes. there, um, and I just think that like. Andrew Lincoln's kind of an uneven actor. Like, some people love him and some people don't think he's very good. I had never seen him until Walking Dead. Yeah, and so, like, Walking Dead, he got a lot of criticism but praise at the same time for his, his role in that. Um, but I'm just, like, interested in that character, like, exploring those feelings that he has of, like, he repressing his feelings for Keira Knightley because he cares for Truth Tell You For. Um, and then, like, kind of the way he's found out is, like, a little bit creepy, but it's <laughs> yeah. a lot creepy, actually. Um, but, but it's also sweet. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's it's it's, it's strange. It's because like he was asked to film the wedding. He was supposed to, and like he just couldn't help but only film here night. Cole, like, at my wedding, don't just film me. I know you want to. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll be sure. I think there's also just as a side Focus note. Focus on my sweet ass. I'll be zoomed in tight. <laughs> but there's also a part of me if we're talking about just like the nitpicks of believability. He's shooting on like a handy cam, like a Sony <laughs> handy cam, but he's got these like tight shots and it's also has wow, like, nitpicking, there's like good lighting when it's yeah. at night nitpick. on the beach or on yeah, the boat yeah, yeah. leaving. I'm like, yeah. okay, what did he shoot this in? Uh, <laughs> he's lying. Um, so Bryson, you're in a spinoff movie. I, well, How does it end? I think it, so I think it needs a good writer because it is a dicey story. And, and uh, we get our friend who wrote Vacation. I think actually you could end it at the, um, the poster board scene, and then maybe she comes out and kisses him and he walks away. But I, I kind of like that the ambiguity of that oh, ending. Oh no, was this 500 days? Summer? Yeah. This Let is you decide. 500 days of Andrew and Kira and Chewie. Um, In the but, same category though, on just the storyline, they keep throwing around this idea that like Christmas is the time to like make these big statements, make these yeah. big moves. And it reminded me of the time in the office when Jim says something similar. He says, because Christmas is the time to tell people how you feel. I've never associated Christmas with dramatic, I with dramatic experiences. Like, where does this come from? Yeah, I agree. I've never, I've never heard this that. before in my life, other than this movie and The Office, I guess. But yeah, I was like, Christmas is kind of the time for me to relax and, right. you know, not really make any big life Like, maybe New Year's and, is more so that? Yeah, even I that, know. though. I don't... Ever. Is there ever a time? Maybe Valentine's Day. Maybe so. I don't know. So, 
This is not on the outline. I'm going off book right Whoa, now. What the hell? But I'm just looking Where at. Where are we? I'm looking at Emma's notes, and in our next category is called "When During Love Actually Did Emma Cry." So oh. Emma, why don't you go through all oh. the times Perfect. that Love Actually made you cry? Okay, I'll share mine later. Oh please. Yeah, please. Please let us know if this also holds true okay. for you, Mario. Are we talking tears, tears, or like teared up emotion? Like I'll take anything. Okay, okay. Any salty discharge. All right, so I have eight. Ew. Gross. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. Wow. All right, I have eight. So the first scene. Eight. Eight. Okay, the first scene. In, the first scene of the movie. Yeah, because they mentioned people hugging in airport. Well, no, but then they mentioned nine eleven. <laughs> okay. And the plane calls or the phone calls coming from the planes. I'm like, oh. And you know, this was two thousand three, so it's pretty fresh. Okay. Yeah. Um, Very. In the wedding when. The, Mark or Andrew Lincoln's character surprises them with the all you need is love and everyone's popping up. That's great. It's uh, so fun. It's I didn't cry, but I was like, that's a fun yeah. I'll tell you, at first I was like a curmudgeon, a Grinch, if you will. You didn't uh, like it? I was like, this is stupid. And then it started to become extravagant. Right. When people popping up, I was like, I'm doing this in my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it would be a great move. While Cole films my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is at Liam Neeson's wife's funeral, who's a character we have never met. Mm. Yeah. And I still, oh, like, ball. And I also yeah, love Liam that Neeson. Was so, so sad. So sad. She, like, apparently she had a disease that she knew she was right. going to die from. And, and that it, it's extra sad because his wife, Natasha Richardson, in real life, died suddenly. Oh, my God. And he never oh, no. got that, oh, like, gosh. you know, and he's like, we had the time to, you know, talk about it. And then you're like, and he didn't have the time. Oh, that and what song is that? Um, bye Bye. Bye Bye Baby? Baby. Yeah. Right? It's a great song. Yeah. The music is, yeah. yeah. The music yeah. is good in this movie. It tells you how you feel. Right. Does yeah, it does. Have, Except but, for the yeah. background music. Like, <laughs> so the soundtrack versus like the score. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it feels yeah. like the soundtrack is good. Yeah, score the score is a little bit repetitive. It's a little much sometimes. Yeah. Um, next is <laughs> when Emma Thompson opens the present. Uh, and she that's realizes a sad it. Cry now. Oh, that's a sad yeah. cry. Okay. Um, and also, again, in real life, she was cheated on. Her husband, Kenneth. Who would cheat on the yeah. Thompson? Cheated on her. Who? Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Who's that? He's he's a he's a very famous. Actor. You would recognize him. <laughs> I mostly know him as being the villain from Wild Wild West, which is oh my gosh, sure not was, his best role. Was, that's uh, who that is. Yeah. It was Kevin Conley. Kevin Klein is Kevin the, Klein. the good guy. Oh, wow. He cheated on Emma Thompson with Helena Bonham Carter. What a douchebag. Wow. Yeah. Let's see wow. Her. How dare he, the guy from Henry V and Hamlet. I, I love Emma just bringing like all of the tea to the Junk Drawer podcast right <laughs> you, now. You exactly. Who's <laughs> celebrity crush? It's, it goes Jake Gyllenhaal, now Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, number two. Yes. Okay. Jake is Sorry, okay. There. And then the next one is when they're in the auditorium after the Christmas pageant, and Emma Thompson says, told Alan Rickman, you made the life I lead foolish too. Like oh, you acted God. like a fool and you made me look like, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, again. it's so that, heavy. We, we mentioned that already, but like that is her just going nuts. It's like, so she's calmly. Doing so good. It's so calmly. Yes. And just like. I didn't see it coming at all in right. this movie. And when it happened, I was like, is she doing this? And then yeah. when she just turns and goes right back into mom mode. Yeah. Oh, oh y'all did so great. You yeah, were yeah, the yeah. lobster. What's the word? Orange. Right. Like just. You know, oh. And when Rickman's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, three more. Sorry. Okay. Um, Home stretch. When Liam Neeson said, "Like I should have told your mom she was perfect. I like I loved oh. her every day. She was perfect every day." Crying again. Um, Jamie and Aurelia when they when they he proposes. Yeah. And then at the end, again in the airport. Second airport scene. <laughs> they play "God Only Knows," which is one of my favorite songs, mm -hmm. and just like a great song. And then that. about how love really like you know, and it's just like a beautiful little message and a nice. You know, wow, right I wanna, the movie. I want to share mine because none of mine. Those oh, were wow. none of yours. Oh, no. okay. wow. so I really want to. Mine are very different. So, different stages in life. You have someone. I'm lonely. Oh, um, oh gosh. <laughs> heavier. No, when uh, it started for me during the Otis Redding montage, yeah. when Martin Freeman gets the kiss, yeah. I started to get like a happy tear. Aww. Yeah, and then like the note cards. Got yeah. me hard. Okay. That's okay. why I like that scene. So, me and Mario are in on the note cards. Oh, yeah. Colin, Emma, anti note card. Me and Mario. Mario. For prom, the senior year of high school. That's how you asked out your prom date? With Please say it. Outside oh. the window, in the snow, in Minnesota. So, it was a little hybrid love, actually, yeah, and uh, say anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, that, and then um, the one we did share in common was the proposal scene. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they have a lot of comedy in there, so it right. kind of defeats. It's, the it's kind of funny, so you're not just like yeah. sappy kind but, of man. Yeah, all mine are like sweet. happy, emotional, like yeah, happy yeah. Right. tears. Oh, yeah. No sad ones. All right. I really cover the 
that, damn it. That, that was fun. But I remember thinking, like, I can't believe I'm actually tearing up in this movie. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> All right, so it's time for everyone's favorite part of the junk chore. It's not my favorite kid. We say that every time. It's not your favorite? <laughs> oh, no, it's my favorite. Tidbits. This week, Tidbits is presented by Christmas All Around, the number one single from Billy Mac. Thanks, Billy Mac and Christmas yeah. All Around for sponsoring. Can we sing some of it? Nope, we're good. Christmas is in the air. He adds that fourth syllable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what fun internet research you are did you 30 find? decibels louder than anyone else. <laughs> okay. nothing, nothing new. About love, actually. Emma, we'll let you go first since you have pages of notes here. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, also, I'm going to start with one thing I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so David, who is played by Hugh Grant, the prime minister, was the based on a real-life prime minister named Ted Heath, who was single... Okay. And the director thought, like, well, what would have happened if he had, you know, kind of met someone? I thought that was just interesting. And okay. then an, a future prime minister, Tony Blair, referenced the scene where Hugh Grant stands up to America, like, in an interview. He's like, I know everyone kind of wants me to be like Hugh Grant and love actually, but, you know, it's a little more nuanced than yeah. that, basically. Is what I did think that in that scene where I was like, if the prime minister of Britain really yeah. did that in a joint press conference... It would be major yeah. ramifications. Yeah, you, you don't want to anger your best ally. Right. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, don't thought was, that. I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, of course it's spread to pop culture, right. but, you know, it's kind of even trickled up to the levels of government. It's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mario, did you get any fun tidbits? I did. They're not as fun. They're, okay. very, they're like simple ones. Okay. Um, they did most of the filming for the movie at night because it was filmed in England. Right. And they're all extremely famous British actors, yeah. so it was seemingly impossible for them to film. So they had to do it at night. Um, and then most of the extras and a lot of the like supporting cast, small supporting cast members, were a lot of the family members of just the oh. main actors. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. I yeah. That. So those were my tiddly bits. I hope right. you enjoyed them. They were for you. Okay. Cool. Actually, love. Cool. Do you have any more tidbits? Um, just a couple, I guess. Uh, one of mine is that uh, our boy uh, Bill Nye, I think is how you say his name, yeah, even yeah. though there's a Y at the end, which confuses me. <laughs> um, he's Davy Jones from the... Uh, that's where I know him. Um, obviously, it's like heavily CGI. Yeah, he, yeah. he does not really have an octopus like, face. Still the face. <laughs> I knew he was yeah, yeah. There's, still, there's still some face there that happens, and so I'm always excited to, to recognize people from other things. Uh, and then, uh, as I've done in the past, I'm always excited to do deep dives on specific roles in movies that I don't typically focus in on. Uh, and so tonight is all about Craig Armstrong. He did the music oh, for this great. movie. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how we like the music in this movie. Uh, he also did The Great Gatsby. Uh, oh, he is wow. a composer on the that. one? Yes. Oh, I love that one. That um, he did, I think it's really well regarded, is Moulin Rouge. Oh, I love um, that one. And so, Disney cartoon? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're thinking of Moulin. Great music in that. <laughs> Be a man. Um, but yeah, so I love him now awesome. that I know who he is. All right. Um, so I just had a couple as well. So first of all, we all know that I, of all the people on the pod, I'm the one who cares the most about awards. And despite this movie being a little bit critically panned, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture at the Golden Globes. So not at the Oscars, but wow, Golden Globes. Wow, that is weird. Yeah, uh, Best Motion Picture. So Golden Globes divided into drama as one category and musical or, or comedy as the other category. And this was under the musical slash comedy category. Hmm. Humorously, also, just a little side tidbit, uh, the movie Get Out was nominated for a Golden Globe in the musical slash comedy category as well, which what? was kind of a funny thing that happened. Huh. Um, so was it a weak movie year? Because this movie shouldn't be nominated. No I, offense. I, don't, I didn't look at the other nominees from this year. Um, the music video for Christmas is All Around, uh, I noticed this as I was watching it, but my internet research confirmed it, uh, inspired by... Robert, Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love music video. It looks very mm. similar with the female musicians very clearly it. faking. We'll have to watch it after this. It's an it. iconic music video. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, so I commented on the too many scenes, and so this research made me feel better about that because the person who both wrote and directed this movie, his name is Richard Curtis. He's done a bunch of other romantic comedies. Yes. He was actually, we mentioned Pulp Fiction earlier. He was inspired by Pulp Fiction, the nonlinear storyline. Um, and kind of to do a basically love version of that Pulp Fiction, huh. clearly not a romantic story. Um, There's a romance. Is this the first like nonlinear romantic movie? Uh, I mean, it's before Five Hundred Days of Summer, so probably. Well, like before all those like multi characters. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it did kind of spawn like the Valentine's Day, oh, okay. New Year's yeah. Eve, those movies. Um, but so Richard Curtis talking about this movie, 
said he did not enjoy making it because it was such a pain in the ass to edit. He uh, in 2014 it's an interview like call with our podcast. <laughs> yeah, he called it a catastrophe, I feel you, bro. And the only nightmare scenario that I've ever been caught in. Wow. Um, Suck it up, man. Apparently. The uh, production process was so rushed because they wanted to get it out in time for Christmas that he said it was like playing three-dimensional chess. So I, I so chess. No, <laughs> three-dimensional chess is chess where there's also a, a vertical. Chess is only two dimensions. Like the chess pieces. No, yeah, I mean they are. I mean, chess they pieces are. can only move in two dimensions. Oh, oh the board. Three-dimensional three chess okay, would be yeah. when chess pieces can also move up and down. I think about the pieces. <laughs> no. I was like, well, that's like chess. So. <laughs> Um, so it, it feels like that you can kind of see that in the movie, but it's interesting to hear the writer, director, and apparently editor as well, talk about how hard it was to edit all of these individual storylines into one coherent film. Hmm. I think to this day, this is a weird pick for me, Crash is probably my favorite in that category of the multiple storyline movie. Which um, one is Crash? Super dark. Heavily yeah. racist tones. Yeah, it's, it's about race relations. <laughs> oh, it won Best Picture yeah. in 2005. Oh, so maybe it's, not that, maybe it's not that unpopular picture well, then. So, <clears throat> Crash, another ensemble cast. So it has uh, Matt Dillon, Thandie Newton, Don Cheadle, Sandra Bullock, a bunch of other people, Terrence Howard. Um, I'm not a big fan of that cast. <clears throat> so uh, Terrence Howard's strong in it. Uh, Cole, you, you might be thinking because it did win Best Picture, um, but people kind of consider that a mistake. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Best, best non-linear would 500 days for me. Uh, it beat out uh, Brokeback Mountain, which people thought should have won. There's a couple others that year as Broken well. Mountain? No, Brokeback Mountain. And Michael Scott. The other movies, not, now we're just all off the rails again, but that's okay because I care too much about the Oscars. Uh, the other nominees that year were Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Ooh, Capote's so, good. see any of those. Um, so anyway, Emma, did you have any more tidbits before we move on? Just one. Okay. Okay. This is again, I guess, crossing into real life because when um, Billy Mack goes on that TV show right. and you know makes fun of that boy band Blue, like that was a real British boy band. Oh, Wait, wow. really? I didn't know that. Oh, and that's the, incredible. The TV hosts named Ant and Deck are like real two, like they're TV a pair program. of like TV yeah. presenters. I, I recognize them. Yeah, and I just like that kind of like little glimpse yeah. into. And obviously, British they had culture. to get permission and to right. like feature Blue, but it's just funny. It really ups the Britishness of it because yes. if it was like an American setting, mm. we'd recognize Access Hollywood or I whatever. I would love yeah. to see the domestic gross in, from England, like their domestic gross. We could look that up, but I'm not going to. We can and we should, maybe, but short. short. <laughs> uh, so, final question, as always, for our very final Christmas episode. Does love actually belong in the junk drawer? Mario, what do you think? Why does Christmas have to end? Weird. We're, we're to start like that. Go ahead, though. <laughs> you said it was the last Christmas one. Um, yeah, it does. It okay. definitely does. Um, if anything, it's just an easy, easy watch. That's it. Okay, cool. Nothing special, too special about it. Yeah, it's hard after hearing your intro from the Wikipedia entry that it is a movie that is more regarded in viewing audience than it is in critical audience, which is the bread and butter of the Junk Drawer podcast. Bread and butter! Yeah. So I also would put it there. I would like some bread and Actually. butter right now. Doesn't it sound good? Some bread and butter right now? Do you yeah. have any of that? Emma? Um, well, I definitely agree with you, Bryce, that all movies kind of yes. end up in the junk drawer. Eventually. So he's got a misrepresentation of what the junk drawer means. But, but I've, I've also said no. some movies don't belong. I but just want to bust your balls. I, I love those bins. Those where I yeah. have oh, yeah. too many movies from the $5 bin, and I've found like Oscar-winning movies in there. Creed was in there, which is a great movie. My favorite was one, one time I found Gone with the Wind in there, and I'll always remember that. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Emma. Um, but I mean, yes, I agree that ultimately it does belong in the junk drawer. But that being said, I think it's obviously I love it. I think it's a great movie. But I think it is something you can put on, do be cleaning or dishes or something, and then you kind of pay attention to the storylines you care about. Oh, I like that. Something else That's comes on, you can like go do something else. And I mean, mm -hmm. it's just nice one to have on in the background. You got the music. Um, and I mean. It's a very watchable, yeah. for the most part. Movie. It's like the perfect movie to put on and watch when you want to sit yeah. down and watch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is this your favorite Christmas movie or just one of the one of the ones you wanted to do? I think it'd be like my top Christmas movie. I have others, but I think this is the top one. Probably Santa Claus is your top. Tim sure. Allen. It's probably one of the best acting performances. Oh yeah. In all movies. <laughs> That's Tim I've Allen. I've been saying that for years. Really? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Outranks him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I also obviously think this belongs in the junk drawer. As I mentioned, I think I'm the only one who didn't particularly love it. Um, so yeah, it's a. Do you hate love? 
I do hate love. I love <laughs> love. True. I love it so hard. I'm going to start loving it even harder now. Weird thing to say. Do you think we can Emma Thompson on the pod? I, well, we yeah. can ask. She's not in movies. I was going to say, it doesn't seem like she's busy. So. Yeah. So, Hugh Grant definitely isn't. Who did you say the director was? Sorry, I'm not one of Richard Curtis. He's, he's an American director or he's a British director? British yeah, director. British. So it's a British movie. We, we Obviously, that's not like new new grounds I'm saying here. I will say just on the whole, there is... Preparation H does show that. <laughs> that too. But I just got to give hats off to just British humor in this movie as a side note. I think it's done really, really well. Yeah. The yeah. scene with Hugh Grant riding in the car next to Natalie. Oh, I love that With scene. the octopus kid in the middle. And literally, she's like, oh, it's just around the corner. And then just seconds later, the car comes to a stop. He's like, oh, it is just around Dude, the corner. Yeah, I was reference <laughs> All those little, up. those moments they have yeah. are really well done. So yeah. hats off to British people. Yeah. Hey, thanks, British Isles. Uh, so that is it for this episode of The Junk Drawer. Um, thank you, Emma, for joining us. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. It's joyous. Um, as always, if you would like to suggest a movie or maybe even potentially guest host, uh, send us an email. You can reach us at... And a resume. Yes, and we'll review it. We'll get back to you. But you can send it to askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com like Emma did. Sure. Exactly. Really? Yep, I followed the process. Yeah. Whoa! We, she's, nothing if, she's nothing if not about protocol. She's a rule follower. Um, Real stickler. And if you'd like, you can also follow, follow us on Twitter at junk underscore pod. Um, and that is all for tonight. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and love... Is all around. Can you see what I did there? Set Christmas. You didn't ruin it by saying, did you see what I did there? Uh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.